You know, there's so many more things he does than just score. But defensively, he played a lot of different guys, did really well. You need games like that from your best guys like Chris. So it's a hell of an effort by him. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. I didn't watch the Bucks game last night. There, I said it. Hand up to the sky. I didn't watch the Bucks game. Here's my strategy. I got home. Uh, Bucks are playing the Thunder. Well, Lugans Dort is out. The Thunder are terrible. They're trying to lose. And I said, okay, I will follow the score. And if it's close at the end of the third quarter or so, then I'll turn it on. And it never really got close. So last night, I was a college basketball guy. I watched a little bit of Gonzaga versus St. Mary's. Got my fix of Chet Holmgren. Not a great game for him last night, which is a bummer because I don't often get to watch him. I don't often watch college basketball. I watched South Dakota State, North Dakota State. That was fun. But I could not believe what I watched when I watched Wagner versus Bryant last night. Northeast Conference, Bryant's in Rhode Island. The Wagner Seahawks are on Staten Island. Tiny little, you know, Northeast New England Conference. It was like Malice at the Palace 2.0. And there's a lot of things that I and I'm upset about because I do sports talk every day. But I'm rather young, so a lot of these big events and big players and big teams that we talk about, I don't remember or I never got to see. I never got to see Malice at the Palace. And there's no way that the brawl between Bryant and Wagner last night will go down like the Malice at the Palace. But I got to say, half decent second place. There's a brawl that started in the stands. They had to stop the game for 35 minutes before some reason. they It was a 30-40 point game. It was the total butt kicking and they brought the players back out for the final three minutes and it was eerie because they were all being really careful to not start a fight. It was it was awesome. It was great. Horrendous look for Bryant and their student section uh, and, and the brawl that broke out. But I, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't watch the Bucks. I don't regret it. And one day when my kids asked me, Dad, where were you when in the Northeast Conference Championship game in March of 2022 when the Bryant Bulldogs and Wagner Seahawks got in a brawl? Where were you? I will say I was on my couch, and you bet I was watching. Bucks played the Thunder that night. Giannis had a great game. Nope, didn't watch. (laughs) I watched a brawl at a college basketball game instead. It was fun. College basketball is getting fun. I'll watch random small conference championship games anytime. Why not? This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We're not going to talk about college basketball. I just wanted to mention that off the top because it was electric last night. Uh, scary situation and a really bad look for Bryant College, but really fun to watch. We're not going to talk about college basketball tonight. We're going to talk quite a bit about the Packers. Perry Goldstein is going to join us here in about a half hour. Uh, we're going to talk about, obviously, the return of Aaron Rodgers and what the outlook of this next season, this upcoming season, might look like. This is why the NFL is nuts. We just had the Super Bowl, what, less than a month ago, three weeks ago? And we can see week one crystallizing already. Rodgers is back. Okay, well, what is this next season going to look like? We just finished the last season. But we can picture it, right? We can visualize it. We can start to think, okay, when they come back in the NFC North is this and they draft this. The NFL is amazing at keeping you on the hook. So Perry's going to join us at 430 Talk about Aaron Rodgers coming back. She also went to a concert of an artist that I love last weekend. And I'm not going to say she didn't like it, uh, but it wasn't what she expected. So we're going to do a concert review.
coming up in about a half hour as well. We're going to talk about both of those things with Perry Sloney's Wednesday in the second half of the show. That'll be at 530. Nick Wright was on Dan Patrick yesterday, said some really interesting things while reacting to the breaking Aaron Rodgers news. So I'm going to play you those clips. Uh, That'll be at 530 for Sloney's Wednesday. Send me a text or give me a call. 608-796-2558. Follow me on Twitter. Tweet me during the show or anytime at Wisco Grant. Oh, there's some breaking news around baseball. Oh, they're not even close. Okay, so no reason to pay attention to that or talk about that. I want to start with Rodgers, okay? Yesterday, we started with the Rodgers news. And the first thing I said was it was anticlimactic, right? We had built it up for so long for all these weeks and months. And then when we finally got the news, the payoff is like, oh, okay. Well, that was it. It was anticlimactic, not because it isn't great news. It is great news for the Packers. Not just Rodgers, but Devontae Adams will be back. But we built it up for so long, the payoff just wasn't going to live up to the hype. I compared it yesterday to getting your first communion. Remember that? You grow up in church, sitting in the pew, and all the cool kids and the adults are going up to eat whatever that is and drink whatever that is. And as a kid, you just want to be included. And then you finally get to be included, and you're like, oh, this kind of tastes like a napkin. (laughs) the payoff, that's it. That's what I've been looking forward to is very similar to the Aaron Rodgers story yesterday. It just wasn't going to live up to the hype. There's no way the hype was too much. It was never going to get there. Now we just started to scratch the surface yesterday talking about Rodgers return and his new deal. And I guess the contract isn't signed yet. So we'll learn more about that as we learn more about that. I think to have the most productive conversation about this and to stay sane, uh, not go crazy. We need to look at the entire picture. We need to zoom out a little bit. Think of a U.S. president, right? Think of a FDR, someone who's talked about a lot and studied a lot, made a lot of interesting decisions um, that changed the course of how things are run in our country, finance-wise, global policy-wise. Right now, FDR is not a president you could judge in a vacuum. You would need to look at everything that FDR did and then consider, okay, what was going on in the world? What was going on in Europe? What was going on with the economy? What was going on here? Because there are a lot of factors to play. A lot of exterior factors for the FDR presidency, which was the early 30s to the mid-40s because he was a three-term guy, which I feel like we never talk about, by the way. We just never mention the fact that he just didn't leave office. Now, he won re-election, and I guess with the war, again, it makes sense. We don't want to be changing presidents during the war. We get it, right? We got to judge FDR on extenuating circumstances and, and factors going on around him. It would be the same with Obama. It would be the same with Bush, same with uh, same with Trump or Biden now, right? You need to look at what's going on in the world to really understand the decisions that they make and the policy that they shape. And I think in order to understand the Packers and Rodgers, we got to look at all of these tangential factors going around the rest of the league and even on the Packers roster outside of Aaron Rodgers himself. Like, let's start with Jordan Love. He is an extenuating circumstance. He's an exterior factor. My opinion, I think Packers fans really overestimate the role that Jordan Love plays in all of this. I think we overweight his impact so much. And I don't say this to belittle Jordan Love or disrespect Jordan Love, but I had a coworker who came up to me yesterday who's a Vikings fan, and we normally bump into each other throughout the day, and we'll just, you know, talk really quickly about whatever sports story is going on. Today, it was Carson Wentz getting dealt to Washington. We talked chat about that for a minute. But he, he asked me yesterday, he's like, well, now what happens to Jordan Love? And the long and short of what my response was, who cares? <laughs> who, who cares? Aaron Rodgers has won back-to-back MVPs and is an all-time great. Jordan Love's about to be a third-year guy. He's drafted at the end of the first round 
from Utah State. Not really comparable, right? Let's say I make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for dinner. And it's, it's a good PB&J. Like, I put the time in, make sure I get the ratio right. I get a nice slice so it looks very presentable. I cut it corner to corner, which is a little fancier than just cutting it right down the middle. And then someone walks through the door with prime rib. Delicious prime rib dinner, little au jus on the side. Maybe some mashed potatoes or uh, green bean almondine, sliced almonds, roasted, delicious sea salt green beans, right? Walks through the door with a plate of that. I'm going to take the prime rib, okay? But what about the PB&J? Yeah, what about it? (laughs) Who cares? Throw it away. Throw it out in the yard for the squirrels to eat or save it for later for a snack, whatever. That PB&J sandwich is not going to affect my dinner plans now that I have prime rib on the table, literally and figuratively. You know what I mean? Everybody wants to bring up Kansas City when discussing Rodgers and Jordan Love. Well, Kansas City moved off of Alex Smith because they knew that Patrick Mahomes is great. Yeah, but do you hear yourself? They moved off Alex Smith. That's a little different than moving off Aaron Rodgers, okay? Well, they were winning with Alex Smith. They were going to the playoffs. Yeah, a lot of teams go to the playoffs. Bears went to the playoffs with Mitchell Trubisky. Did that mean they kept trying with Mitchell Trubisky over and over and over again? No. They moved on. They went and got Justin Fields. Now they're going to get a new coach. Making the playoffs. Oh, they made the playoffs with Alex Smith. Yeah, okay. A lot of teams make the playoffs. There's a big difference in moving off of Alex Smith. Which I will recognize. That took some that took some guts for the Chiefs. They were making the playoffs. They did have a good thing going, but they were nowhere near the goal of making or winning the Super Bowl. And they knew that Patrick Mahomes gave them a better shot, so they made that move. That is way different, way different than moving off of Aaron Rodgers, who's come within an inch of a Super Bowl the last couple of years. Even if Jordan Love is good, which we don't really know that he is. I'm not saying Jordan Love is on Mahomes' level, and the only reason they're not going to him is because Aaron Rodgers keeps winning MVPs. But when we're talking about moving from one quarterback to the next, don't ever, ever compare Patrick Mahomes and Jordan Love. And don't ever compare Aaron Rodgers and Alex Smith. They're just not the same. What about Jordan Love? What about him? If I have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and someone offers me a prime rib, I'm going to take the prime rib. Even if it's a great PB&J, whatever. Whatever happens to the PB&J is is secondary. So I think we overestimate and put way more weight in the Jordan Love factor than we should in this Aaron Rodgers scenario. Now, if we're thinking about outside factors, we should probably think about factors outside of Green Bay. There are a lot. All right, let's talk about the NFC North and the rest of the conference, the NFC. Now, I always say especially with the Vikings and the Bears, because those are teams we talk about, and those teams have played second fiddle for the majority of the years in the Aaron Rodgers era in the NFC North. And I always say regarding the Vikings, don't build your team based on what's going on around you. Right? So if Aaron Rodgers would have left this offseason, or if he leaves next offseason, the Vikings should not then trade all their draft picks, go all in, because the division's up for grabs, we gotta go. No, 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 no. Do your thing. Build your team. Follow good process, trust your draft board, spend free agent money wisely, build a good football team the way a good football team should be built. Don't try to microwave the process because you think the division is up for grabs, right? Don't build your team based on what's going on around you. And I think for the Vikings, that should be true. The Bears, that should be true. Now, all that being said, and and I'm going against my own advice a little bit, Goody had to look around the NFC and think, oh, man. This conference sucks. <laughs> there's, no, there's no good team. There's no elite quarterback, which, by the way, I, I know this isn't what we're talking about, but I got to feel like Tom Brady's thinking the same thing. Man, this is the year I retire. 
the best quarterback in my conference that I got to get through is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is allergic to making the Super Bowl. Sure, so Goody and Tom Brady, but we're talking about Goody here, has to be looking around the NFC and says, yeah, you know what? Maybe it does make sense to trade Aaron Rodgers, but look around. This conference is up for grabs. It's wide open. Kirk Cousins might be a top five quarterback in this conference. Although uh, Carson Wentz just did arrive in the NFC, so we should probably <laughs> probably factor that in, right? He probably falls somewhere in there. My point, the NFC is bad. It's actually gotten worse now that Russell Wilson is gone. The NFC North is bad. And maybe even the Vikings get worse this year, even if it's momentary uh, with Kevin O'Connell and Kwesi Mensa. Okay. Remember a few weeks ago when I made a water slide analogy? This is one of my favorite ones. When you go to a water park, like go to the Kalahari or the Wilderness, and especially if you go to the outdoor water park and it's a summer day, but it's not really hot. So there's not a lot of people out there. If you get in a groove with the water slide, you just keep going. Oh, there's no line. I'm going to go up the steps and do it again. Maybe it's not the most fun water slide in the world, but because there's no line, you're just going to keep going. Why not? What's a, what's a better option? You're going to go on the lazy river. You're going to go look for a water slide where there's a line. No, no, no. Make hay while the sun shines. If there's no line for the slide, I am riding the slide over and over again until I can't run up the steps anymore. Right? Now, the Packers losing in the NFC Championship game or in this season, the divisional round, it might not be the best water slide in the world, but it's still better than waiting in line somewhere else. It's better than being stuck on a lawn chair. It's better than sitting in the wave pool next to some little kid that just peed his swim trunks. You know, might as well run it back because right now, probably not a better option. And I think what's going on in the NFC, and especially the NFC North around the Packers, that's got to factor in what the Packers are doing and the decision that they're making to really push more chips to the middle of the table and maybe mortgage the future to a degree to bring back Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and try to contend again this year. Packers lost to Jimmy G at home. Two months ago, two-ish, really bad loss. Only scored one touchdown. It was on the first drive. Really, really, really bad loss. A loss that has made a lot of people look differently at the Packers and differently at Aaron Rodgers. They're probably going to lose Devondre Campbell. They're losing Zedaria Smith. They might lose Preston Smith. They might lose Adrian Amos. We'll see. The Packers with Aaron Rodgers have come up short of the Super Bowl in 12 straight seasons. And all of that considered, at DraftKings Sportsbook this afternoon when I checked, they're plus 750 to win the Super Bowl behind only Buffalo, who's plus 650 and behind Kansas City, who's plus 700. They're right there. They're plus 350 to win the NFC and minus 200 to win the NFC North. And those odds might be kind to Minnesota and Chicago. They should maybe be favored by more than minus 200. I say all that to say this, as was the case last offseason and could very well be the case next offseason. What's changed? What's changed? Still have your best chance to win with Aaron Rodgers because the conference is bad and only getting worse. The division is bad and not getting any better. And I think of that line from Breaking Bad when Walt and Jesse come within an inch of their life and they lose everything and they, they risk everything. They almost go to jail. They almost die. They don't make any money. And Walter still calls Jesse at the end of it and is like, when can you cook? Jesse's like, are you nuts? We're not doing that again. And Walt's like, what's changed, dude? I'm still dying and I need money. You still have no prospects. We're running it back. Get the RV. We're cooking more meth. That's what Goody, Goody and the Packers are saying. What's changed? Last playoffs were a bummer because it was only Rodgers and only Brady. And somehow, Matthew Stafford and Jimmy Garoppolo were dueling in the NFC Championship. This season, it's just Aaron Rodgers. You don't have to get through Brady. 
You get through Matthew Stafford and some weird injured version of Kyler Murray or maybe Kirk Cousins. I don't know. Nothing's changed. And we very well could do this next offseason, too. Oh, it's brutal. Can't wait already. Let's take a break. I want to talk more about Aaron Rodgers. We're going to get to Perry Goldstein at 430. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills perry goldstein from cheesehead tv the pax what she said podcast good friend of show she'll be here in about 10 minutes we're going to talk rogers return and what's coming up this season and also a concert review saw one of my favorite artists this last weekend and i'm jealous and i want to hear about it so we're going to talk about that coming up as well 608-796-2558 talking about some of the other factors involved in the return of aaron Rodgers. what about jordan love yeah what about him you know what I mean? Well, he's got to want to play. Well, I guess if he wants to demand a trade, then demand a trade. And if you want to sit behind Aaron Rodgers and make good money as a backup, then sit behind Aaron Rodgers, make good money as a backup. I, I don't know. If I made a PB&J for dinner and then someone shows up and surprises me with prime rib, I'm not going to turn down the prime rib or, or stress over the prime rib because, well, I already made a PB&J sandwich. Do you know what I mean? Why do we care so much about Jordan Love? Why is he somebody we're worried about in this situation? We just got the back-to-back MVP, four-time MVP back in town. But what about Jordan Love? What about him? And if we're talking about outside factors, we got to talk about the rest of the NFC and the NFC North. It stinks. Kirk Cousins is probably a top-five quarterback in the NFC. Where's the other all-time great right now in the NFC? Stafford's good, but he ain't bad. Matt Ryan? Mm-mm. Daniel Jones? Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> or maybe Mitchell Trubisky signs somewhere. Carson Wentz is back in the conference. He's back in the NFC. Speaking of Kirk Cousins, one of our resident Vikings fans, Eric on I-90. Eric, an early call today. What gives? Early call? Yeah, I got I left work early today. Oh, good for you. Well done. Yeah, I'm out of there. Good for just you. On that place. <laughs> What's going on? So I just I disagree with you just a little bit, Grant. I disagree. Okay. Um, I, I think you're making this argument that the NFC North is there for the taking, but winning the NFC North in the condition that it's in with Kirk Cousins being a top, I'm sorry, I'm laughing, top five quarterback. All right? Yeah. What does winning the NFC North have to do with winning the championship? Oh, well, nothing. I mean, that's how you make the playoffs. That's your route <laughs> to getting a seed, but... No, it means nothing. I get no feeling out of it. I told a coworker who's a Vikings fan yesterday, it just sucks that we're going to do this for another year where they're going to win a bunch of games and, like, the playoff race is never interesting. The division's never interesting. No, no, I'm with you. It doesn't mean a whole lot of anything. Actually, I think it hurts a team that's, like, a step above because they they actually get a pretty easy, what, eight games? Yeah, they're not tested. The Packers are te- how can the Packers be tested this year? It's a hard thing to, to set up orga- like unless it just happens organically, right? There's no way to purposefully test your team. How, how do the Packers get more tested well, this year? I don't know. You're, you're, you're looking into the future again now, and that sometimes isn't 100% accurate for the Packer fans, all right? Yeah. You're going to have you're going to have this lady on today. I seem to remember her the week before the Super Bowl or 
the San Francisco game, she was like, you could see the baton being handed to LaFleur as the better coach. Mm-hmm. I think if you go back and listen, she said that. Yeah. Do you think she still feels that way? I feel that way. But the better coach who? Better than Shanahan? Or better than who? She felt that before the San Francisco game, that the last game that they played when they met on the field, it felt like the San Francisco coach was passing the baton to Matt LaFleur as the better coach. I know what you mean. Uh, Yep, I remember that now. Look, I don't. I don't think less and of I, Matt Lafleur after think, that playoff loss. I think less of Aaron Rodgers. No, no, it people. was after the first game of the season. Yep. Yeah, I know what you mean. But any, anywho, um, I just think that we don't know how that season's going to fold out. Mm-hmm. I, being an optimistic Viking fan, think we're going to get better. Yeah. I think we got a good group of players, and I think a little bit different coach here at this point is going to do us some good. I agree with that. But listen to you. you. You had a great day. You're leaving work early. I can tell you're in a good mood. You're being optimistic about your Vikings, which is almost impossible. Good for you, Eric. I don't know what you've been eating or drinking it today, really but I is. want some. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Bucks and the Bucks. you know, they did. I watched that game last night, and they, they just creamed them. It's starting to get interesting. I said to you before that regular season NBA is like one giant NFL preseason. Yeah, yeah. So it's like eight so many, but now it's starting to starting to warm up, and you know, Giannis is bringing out parts of his game which he never had before. He's he's just getting better and better and better. He does. Him and Chucky Hepburn, they love both get better him. every night. I I love watching him too, Eric. And you know what? I love talking to you. I'm gonna let you go. You have an awesome night. You, you have all yeah, the time in the Eric. world. Yeah, have a have a good night. You have all the time in the world. You're leaving work early. You're being optimistic about your Vikings. Yeah. Giannis, last night, by the way, before we take a break and get to Perry, which, by the way, good memory, Eric. You're remembering takes from, geez, months and months and months ago. Giannis, last night, 39 points, uh, seven rebounds, seven assists, three steals, and a block in 28 minutes. Also, he took four threes and hit them all. So, yep. Imagine if Giannis actually played a lot of minutes, the numbers that he could put up. Jesus. 608-796-2558. 608-796-2558. Send me a text or send me a tweet at Wisco Grant. We're going to continue to talk about this. But in the meantime, we're going to chat with Perry Goldstein, Cheesehead TV, Packs What She Said podcast. She'll join the show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills slow news wednesday in one hour nick wright joined the dan patrick show yesterday i thought he's great i really like nick wright as with a lot of sports personalities myself included sometimes we can be a bit much but by and large i really like him and i thought his reaction to the aaron Rodgers news which broke while he was interviewing with dan patrick yesterday i thought his reaction was interesting and genuine and non-scripted because it happened in the moment. So I'm going to play for you some of his quotes and we can discuss whether or not we agree. That's coming up in one hour. Right now, we're going to hear from Perry Goldstein. I talked to her this afternoon and I recorded it, edited up. It's very crisp and clean. Talked a little bit about Aaron Rodgers coming back, what this upcoming season might look like. And last week, she went to a concert, one of my favorite artists, and we got a concert review. That'll be coming up as well. Perry Goldstein, here you go. All right, here we go. Perry Goldstein is back. 
Packs What She Said podcast, She's Head TV. Perry, how are you? Hello. Hello. Happy to be back. There's so much for us to talk about. Yeah, yesterday was nuts. Let's just start with Aaron Rodgers being back. I It was kind of anticlimactic for me because we've played it out in our heads so many times and we've talked about this for so long. When it finally happened, I just kind of felt like, oh, okay. So that, that's it. This is what it's all been leading up to. I feel like the lead up was a lot more than the actual news breaking yesterday. I've been saying this for so long like everyone's very hype and it's very fun to talk about where Aaron Rodgers is going to go and like what a trade pack no Aaron Rodgers was always coming back to the Packers nothing else ever really made sense so I agree with you I was like okay yeah thank you finally now can we just like put this stupid narrative to rest how did so many people get it wrong like smart people people who have good sources and experience in the league and yet so many people, like last offseason, Rob Domofsky was like less than 5% chance Aaron Rodgers is starting this season. So it's not just this offseason. How do so many people get sucked in and get this so wrong every time? I have two takes on this. Okay. One, One. is I, I really think that people like to put hot takes out in the hopes that they're right. And then they can say like, oh my God, look at what I predicted. I predicted this crazy thing. And then if it doesn't happen, they're like, oh, okay. Like find some kind of explanation. My second is everything that I heard out of the combine. So like everyone went to the combine, right? Like coaches, personnel, scouts, everyone was there. Everything I heard from the combine was exactly what happened. It was Rodgers is coming back. Devontae Adams isn't going anywhere. And like, so when I heard that news out of the combine, I was like, if just listen to what people are saying when they're all in a room together. And that's probably the truth. So I just don't think people were like listening or they, like I said, they just want to have that hot take that like surprisingly comes true. Yeah. And then if it doesn't come true, you just find a way out of it. And, but if you're right, you can take a victory lap forever. Like, you can make that your yeah. thing. And I never do that on this show. I would never use that strategy for absolutely anything. How much of this is situational? Like, how much of this is Brian Gutekunst looking around the league, the NFC in particular, and being like, why would we not bring him back? Be stupid not to. Like, remember last time you were on? I mean, I think I made a water slide analogy. Like, when there's no line for the for the okay water slide, you just keep going down it. Not because it's the best water slide in the world, but because there's no line. Like, why not? I feel like the Packers just might as well run this back. But But also this analogy, if you want to keep your water slide analogy, it's imagine the best water slide in the world doesn't have a line. Like that's Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, why wouldn't you bring him back? The guy just won back-to-back MVPs. Like I think everyone's kind of making like this, oh, well, it must mean that Jordan Love isn't it. Like, Thank you. I was listening to Mina Kimes podcast this morning and she was like, think about what people are saying. You have to beat out Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. First ballot Hall of Fame, Aaron Rodgers coming off of MVP. Like no one is going to do that. Like, and you think about it and I'm totally like just parroting what she said. So you should just go listen. That's to her fine. Podcast I, st- I do this all the time. But she also was like, think about it. They had Favre, they had Matt Hasselback. In as a as a backup, traded him away. Like they had all these other backups. They had uh, Kurt Warner at one mm-hmm. point in Green Bay, and no one could beat out Brett Favre because when you have the best, you just want to bring back the best, regardless of who's in that room. And again, you mentioned it. Like the NFC is wide open, especially now that Russell Wilson is gone. Which the Seahawks weren't that good. Well, last Carson year, Wentz is in town now, so we have to factor that in. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so it's like. This is the best case scenario, not just for Goot, but for Rodgers also. I said this earlier in the show, but I kind of laugh when people use the Chiefs as an example. Well, like, if Jordan Love was good, they'd know. Like, the Chiefs knew with Patrick Mahomes. It's like, don't 
compare Alex Smith to Aaron Rodgers. It's like, well, they were going to the playoffs with Alex Smith. A lot of teams go to the playoffs with decent quarterbacks, right? Like de-seeding or unseeding or, or whatever the word, pushing aside Alex Smith is a lot easier than pushing aside Aaron Rodgers. I feel like those are very different things. So I don't, I don't know that Jordan Love plays a huge role in any of this. Like yesterday, I had a coworker who's a Vikings fan. It's like, well, what's Jordan Love going to do now? I don't know. Who cares? You know, like... Again, and you like analogies. I adore them. I said this earlier in the show. It'd be like if I made a PB&J for dinner and then someone walked through the door with prime rib. And it's like, well, what are we going to do with the PB&J? I don't know. Who cares? Like, Eat it for lunch tomorrow. Yeah, you know. and I'm not, like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Jordan Love, but relative to Aaron Rodgers, it's not really a factor we need to consider that heavily. Jordan no, Love. it's not a competition, and it shouldn't be a competition, even if, even if the Packers think that Jordan Love is the next thing. They still want to go minimum two more years with Rodgers, like extend the window of time that you're going to be contenders and just keep Jordan Love. And now there is, of course, like the whole like fifth year option and blah, 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 and like time frame and rookie. And you can think about all those things. But like you always want to get prime rib Mm -hmm. on your dinner table, Mm -hmm. regardless of what your other options are. Mm -hmm. And then don't, while you're enjoying that prime rib, don't ruin it by stressing about the gross PB&J. It's right. like, I, it blew me away how many people yesterday look, well, what about Jordan Love? Why is that, why is that the next thing you think about? I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's bizarre. We're talking with Perry Goldstein, Pax What She Says podcast with Maggie Loney. This is going to sound like criticism of Aaron Rodgers, and I guess in a way it is, but it's not. I, I don't mean this in a bad way. I'm just, I'm just asking the question. Okay. Is he obsessed with winning Super Bowls? Or getting to a Super Bowl or winning playoff games? Like, is he obsessed with that the same way that some other quarterbacks or some other athletes are? I don't think he is. I, like, not going to lie, I hate this question. Really? Yeah, I really do. Like, Tell me why. Obviously. Obvious. I, every single person that enters into the NFL, their ultimate goal is to win rings. Sure. Like, like yes, I think... There's money and there's rings. Rodgers has money and he knows he always has the leverage to get as much money as he, as teams are willing to pay him. And we still don't know what that contract looks like because apparently the 200 million is false, but like it's for him right now, like all about winning that second ring. We think it's all about him winning a second ring. Like his fans, the way that we've built up Aaron Rodgers is this construct as we start to kind of like pencil in what his legacy is going to look like. I think we believe that to be true. I don't know that he why does. What, what's, the, what's the inverse of your, like, what, why wouldn't it be? Like, Here, what else would Here's, he here's another way of framing this. I don't think that loss against the Niners eats at him and frustrates him and forces him to maybe do things differently this offseason and next year the way it would with Tom Brady. Like, why do you think that? Like, what evidence do you have to support that theory? Because I, I am, think I'm making Aaron some Rogers- assumptions based on the last 12 years, I guess. Yeah. I don't have okay. evidence, evidence, but. I think Aaron Rodgers just handled handles things differently. Like I, you remember what he was like after that crushing Buccaneers NFC Championship game loss. That yeah, he was sad. Him. Yeah, that, that was that, that was, was someone who was very, very, very bothered. That was 15 minutes after the game, though. You like I don't a, know. like I a don't month know. later, two months later in the off season. Here's here's where this step because this is what I've been thinking about. I think Aaron Rodgers probably considers this last season as a huge success. And in a lot of ways, it was like he won the MVP, right? A lot of like, I think the connections and the friendships with his teammates, I think he's very gracious for that. And I think that means a lot to him. 
I think he might believe in a way that he's helped modernize the Packers a little bit. Like, oh, we've opened up all these great communication channels with Goody and, and like, look at all the progress we made as an organization. And I think he treats that as a huge success. Whereas another quarterback like Tom Brady would maybe say none of that matters because we ultimately came up short. I don't know that Aaron Rodgers feels that way. No, I think that he does. Really? Uh, I just, yeah. I think if you asked him point blank, mm-hmm. would you trade in your MVP this season for a Super Bowl? He would say 100%. You think so? It's so crazy that you think, that. yes, because look, he already has three MVPs. He is an unequivocal first bout Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. And the only question mark left on his career, which I think is a stupid one, because it's really, really, really hard to win a Super Bowl. It is. But I think the only question mark left on his legacy is that he hasn't made it to that second one. That is the only thing that people debate about him. So, like, to put that to rest and to be considered, you know, that top tier, which he already is, but the GOAT, the Tom Brady level, all of that, that second Super Bowl is all that he's missing. That's what we think. I don't know that he thinks that. I And I get everything I you're saying. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just trying to, like, help, like, explain to you kind of where I'm coming from in this. I don't know. I mean, I, I like, I think that's an interesting theory, and I can see why you would think that based off of the way that he handles himself publicly. Um, but I also think that he, like you said, cares a lot about his teammates. And I think, like, he also cares that Devonta Adams has been to – you know, bunch of NFC, NFC championship games and hasn't gotten a Super Bowl. I think he cares yeah. that like Mercedes Lewis and all the guy and David Bakhtiari and all the guys that he loves haven't gotten that opportunity. Him and Mason Crosby are the last two players on the 2010 Super Bowl team. So I think there's also a level of like this new generation while the Packers have been contenders every single year. He's the only one that's gotten to taste that like sweet victory. And I think he actually does care about his teammates doing that. One more question before we take a break. And then I want to talk about some music stuff with you. Um, what do the Packers and Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers do differently this year? Like coming into the season, looking at things saying, hey, we've won 13 games three years in a row. We've had a great seed, but then we get to the playoffs and it hasn't worked. Right. Like what can we tweak in our process? What can we tweak in our approach this season? So the result turns out to be better. Okay. I have a little bit succumbed to a fan theory Mm -hmm. and I'm a little, I'll say it. I was not on this train. I think you go all in on the offensive weapons. More weapons. You need more weapons. You get, you get everything and you go major aggression, right? Like, you have Aaron Rodgers. You're, you've decided to bring back Devonta Adams. I think it's the statement that you're going to keep this offense running through the passing game, and you actually like do that. And you just because my my thing is that Matt Lafleur gets is so progressive during the regular season, right? Like he goes for it on fourth downs, and he has these like really cool passing concepts, and he goes play action like lots of RPO. He does everything. Like the Packers offense is everything because you have Aaron Rodgers, so you can do everything. And then all of a sudden in the playoffs, it's like pretty conservative choices and like very interesting moments. And I think, I don't know if it's Matt LaFleur needing the experience, the confidence, whatever it is in those moments to like get it out of his mind that he's in the playoffs. Like, this is just a regular season game. Like, what would you do? Because the Packers win all those regular season games. So obviously his decision-making works in those moments. Do that in the playoffs. 
well, it's not the worst thing in the world, like going all in to get more weapons. It's not like those weapons are only going to be on the team this year. Like if you draft two or three wide receivers, you're also keeping talent coming in for years down the road. You need to keep talent coming in at wide receivers. So it's not like it's a, it's going to hurt them in the long run to get aggressive and go for weapons this year, right? They've probably been a little bit overdue to add some weapons anyways. They haven't really added or drafted wide receivers. Maybe bring back Devin Funches too for good measure. Why not get him, get him into camp? Let's take a break. I want to come back and we can wrap up. I have some questions about a concert you went to last week, so we'll do that next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Going to get a sports update from Zach Heilprin. It's coming up in about 10 minutes. I got some things to say about the rest of the league. We talked about the Packers and Rodgers yesterday. We didn't really talk about the rest of the NFC, rest of the Packers division, what that looks like. We're also going to hear a little bit from Nick Wright, who was on the Dan Patrick show yesterday. And I thought said some really interesting things about Rodgers' return and his supposed new deal, even if we don't know exactly what the new deal is. So for Slow News Wednesday at 5.30, I'll play you some clips and we can debate and decide whether or not we agree. That's coming up in about a half hour. First, the conclusion of my conversation with Perry Goldstein, a concert review. Let's go. We're here with Perry Goldstein, Packs What She Said podcast. I talked to Perry about music. I feel like we have very similar music tastes. Would that be a good way to put it? Yes. We both really like Marcus King. I have two of his albums on vinyl. I went through a phase last year where for like two months, it's basically all I listened to. You went to see him on Friday, which I've wanted to do but I haven't been able to because he comes nowhere near the Midwest. Like, it's a middle finger toss, basically. Like, St. Paul's cool. Milwaukee's cool. Even Madison's cool. Like, Madison is a town he could play, and he would get a bunch of people. But no, whatever. That's a different conversation for a different time. You saw him last Friday. I thought it was going to be a slam dunk. Like, can't miss layup of a concert, and it was not what you expected. No. And it's interesting because I haven't been this hype for a show in quite a long time because it's very rare that a band that I love where I know like 75% of all yeah. of their music comes to town. And yeah, it was a little disappointing because he didn't play any of his major hits. Um, he didn't play a ton of music from his newest album, which El Dorado, which is phenomenal. And it's fresh. And it's, like just came and it's out. fresh. Exactly. It, it's his latest um, and while I enjoyed hearing some new songs and they did some fun covers, um, it just was, it left me feeling, it left me wanting more. Covers need to be used sparingly. They're really cool when used correctly. They can be kind of, I don't know, they can kind of fall flat for me. Like, because if you play a cover, that's one song that you can't play of your own, which is technically why people are coming to see you. So I get exactly. it with the covers. So the new stuff, music that hasn't been put out yet, I... <laughs> When you told me that, I thought of uh, one of my buddies from high school who I still talk to all the time, play music with him. I go fishing with him and his dad is a huge Eagles fan. And I once asked him about the Eagles and how he became an Eagles fan. And he went to see a show, I think in 76 or 77. And he told me it was one of the worst shows he's ever seen because they did all of their Hotel California music, which wasn't out yet. So they heard all of these songs that turned out to be huge hits. And everyone was like, what the hell? We didn't come to hear any of these songs. I don't like when bands or artists play music at shows before it's out, unless it's one song and they're like, hey, this is coming out. You know, remember this one song. Because if you hit me with six new ones that I haven't heard yet, they're not going to stick. They're not going to stick. Right. And there were, so two of the four 
this is awesome. And when this comes out, I'm going to enjoy mm-hmm. with like, I remember what they were called. Yeah. And I remember some of the lyrics. I took a bunch of videos. Great. But when it's four, four new songs, too much. I can't enjoy that. You can't learn a whole <laughs> new playbook Hotel California, right? Like you can look back on that and be like, that's cool. But in the moment, you're not freaking out to hear this new music. No. And so it was four new songs, probably about four covers. So that's eight songs. That's eight songs that aren't songs that you came there to hear. Exactly. So again, I think it's all about like sequencing and I just didn't, I didn't think they did a good job of that. And it was very disappointing. My dad had an interesting take, which was that he was, because he's seen a ton of music, right? He's seen the Eagle. He's seen everyone. Yeah. And he's, he feels Helps to like, live in New York, by the way. Like I have to look months in advance and look at like, is he any, like within six hours, you can be within six hours of me. Like that's how I go to shows. Just yeah. I have months. like 20 venues to go to within a five mile radius. Um, yeah. Sorry. That's fine. That's fine. His take was a lot of new bands feel like, because Marcus King, they're young, right? They only have three albums. With it. They feel, he was like, I feel like sometimes new and younger bands feel like they have to jam on every single song. They don't. They have to riff and they have to do the long guitar solo and they have to do the whole thing. And they don't. And it's just something that like that band just has to like learn what the balance is. And so I think we just witnessed a show where they decided to do one song for like 10 minutes. And like, while I enjoy music enough to say like, that was very good. I want to sing along to my favorite songs. And that's why I'm here. Well, and expectations are huge. And I, this probably has sports parallels too. We were joking about this. Like if you expect a super bowl and you lose in the NFC championship game, it sucks and it's terrible. And the whole thing was a waste. But if you're the Bengals, we're like, oh, my God, what a season. We're supposed to be lasted. So expectations at a concert matters. But, like, if you go to a jam band show, like, we went to see The Dead this summer, and it's like, man, we're on minute 18 of estimated profit. But most people there are, like, dialed in for every note. I don't know that I'd feel that way if I went to see Marcus King. So I think, yeah. well, and when you're young, it's like, I can play guitar for 14 minutes without stopping. It's easy. You know, you're young and you're strong. And, like, that's a lot of work. Marcus, he's up there working. Yeah, that's a little bit much. It's a little heavy-handed on the jams. Even for a, a like a, a group of incredible musicians, and they are amazing. They are. There's is no way. I my my message to you all listening is if you like Marcus <laughs> King, still go see them. Yeah, they are phenomenal. Um, I just hope that when you go, you get to hear the songs you like. The songs that you didn't get to hear. Yeah. That's funny. And send me videos so that I can enjoy. So then I can enjoy them too. Who is it? Before I let you go, really quick, because the opener you said was awesome. I want to check this person out. Who is it? We need a recommendation. Um, Hannah Wickland. She is also, I think, a down south girl that Marcus King has met, and she played the electric guitar for all like six or seven songs she did as an opener, and she was fire. Yeah. And she came back out to do Ohio um, Crosby, Stills, and Nash cover with them, and again, it was fire. Um, and she said that she her biggest inspirations were Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin. So, which is like Marcus King in a nutshell. Marcus exactly. King is a man that sings exactly like Janis Joplin. That's cool. Yeah. That's fun. so. If you enjoy that, she was a badass. Well, and I'm I'm sorry, Perry, to wrap this interview up. I'm sorry that this concert didn't live up to everything that you hoped. I just feel bad because you probably won't have another opportunity to see a cool act until tomorrow night. 
because you live in New York City and there's cool shows. I am going to another concert next week, so it's okay. We'll have to talk about it. We might start doing concert reviews. Ebo went to see Billy Strings the other night, so I kind of want to get him on and talk about it because whatever, we've been doing Rogers for months. We don't need to do this for two hours every night. Thank you, Perry. Uh, And if you go see another show, tell me about it because I'm always curious. Of course. That's Perry Goldstein. Find her on Twitter at Perry Goldstein. It's very easy, Perry, with an I. Uh, her podcast packs, which she said is excellent. Her and Maggie do a really good job. I got a couple of texts here. One from Dave and uh, Dave from Monona that I'm going to ignore. And this one from Eric in Eau Claire. He says, what's more valuable to you as a Packers fan? Jordan Love experience in the system. If Aaron Rodgers gets hurt or his potential draft return via trade. Is experience in the system that crucial for a backup quarterback? I get it's important. But can a good backup quarterback not come in? in the summer and in OTAs and in training camp, learn 80% of it and for the most part be good to go. Yeah, it won't be three years of experience. Jordan Love's about to start his third year. I just, I don't know. For a team that obsesses over getting the backup quarterback right and the Packers seemingly always have, their backup quarterback situation still always seems to suck. You know what I mean? Like I got three years invested in Brett Hundley, two years invested in Joe Callahan. Yeah. We all know because that's a story we followed along with for years and they both still stunk. And I don't know if Jordan Love would stink, but this Packers team, they just obsess over getting the backup quarterback right. We talk about it like no other fan base and the backup's still never any good. So I, I don't know if they trade Jordan Love and they get a second round pick back or a third or a fourth. I, it's not that I'm not worried about the backup quarterback. I just, I don't know. If Jordan Love is content to stay in Green Bay and be a backup to Aaron Rodgers this year, then keep him. Unless David Dunn, his agent, and Jordan Love are going to not force their way out, but go to the Packers and be like, look, guys, you may have wanted me to be the starter. It obviously hasn't worked out that way. Can you trade me, please? Like, there are teams that wanted me to play. Can you let me go, please? Just, just for the sake of me, just to do me a favor? If they do that, then I think the Packers would probably, what are they going to tell him? No. Poor Jordan. Poor Jordan Love. Man, that'd, be, that'd suck to be him right now. I guess you're going to get paid to do very little. I, if I was Jordan Love, I'd focus. I'm going to be the best career backup possible. I'm going to line myself up like Chase Daniel or Mike Glennon. That's my goal. That's my idol. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up in two minutes. so many more things he does than just score. Uh, defensively, he played got a lot of different guys, did really well. You need games like that from your best guys like Chris, so it's a hell of an effort by him. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. doing concert reviews that's the thing we should start doing i know ebo went to see billy strings the other night which i'm jealous that madison gets billy strings why didn't he make a stop in lacrosse people go nuts for billy strings here in lacrosse something ebo brought up when i was on with him the other morning maybe we should get ebo tomorrow we can do a concert review i also got oh i got the best text ever this morning from a friend who lives out west and in august billy strings is going to be in missoula montana and i really want to go I think we might plan to make that a thing. Amphitheater's right on the river. It'd be a cool show to see Billy Strings. So I think we should have Ebo on tomorrow, even if it's just brief, just to do a concert review. 
obviously this Aaron Rodgers story is very pressing and we must discuss it and attack it from every angle. We've been talking about this for weeks and we're going to talk about it all off season. So if we can take five, six minutes to do a concert review. I'm all about it. Thanks to Perry Goldstein for hopping on and chatting Aaron Rodgers and Packers, but also telling us about time at the Marcus King show. She's also going to see Tom Mish next weekend. I, I mean, we can't do a concert review every week, but I'm interested to see how that show goes. I think we talked about this. This was months ago when Tom Mish announced tour dates. I wanted to go. He's coming to Chicago, but of course it's on a Tuesday night. Do the Tuesday night shows in New York. Do the Tuesday night shows in LA. When you're coming to a Midwest city where people are traveling to the show, they might be driving a couple of hours. Do it on a Saturday, please. I love Wisconsin. I love the Midwest, but sometimes I sometimes I get a little triggered at the lack of entertainment. I want to go to concerts. Makes it tough living around here. Big thanks to Perry Goldstein again. Follow her on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and I hope you've had an excellent day so far. A couple of points I want to get out about Aaron Rodgers, and I'd love to hear from you as well. 608-796-2558. Chris is in lacrosse. Chris, what's going on? Now, you've called in to talk about baseball history and other things. I Do you have an Aaron Rodgers take? No, well, I do, but I think I've got some more uh, fun takes here to, to kind of dovetail on Perry's uh, Concert review and something that you had said about correlating maybe her disappointment to sports. I can see a correlation being, you know, how very frequently in the NBA uh, teams will rest starters, especially if they're playing back-to-back games. Well, can you imagine if you were coming from, let's just say you were living in lacrosse and you went up to see the Timberwolves or the Bucks, yeah, and you'd gotten tickets and you just happened to catch them on the day when Carl Anthony Towns was going to get rested or, or Giannis was going to get rested, that would be really disappointing. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like you're showing up, you want to hear, you want to see their greatest hits, and instead you're getting kind of these obscure, you know, to, you know, metaphorically like, you know, a cover song or like the, you know, the backup song yeah. that no one's ever getting heard. the bench guys. I don't want the bench guys. I want to see, I want to see the headliners. I want to see Giannis. Yeah, exactly. So I think that would be a correlation. You started your show talking about Wagner College, and uh, oh, oh, yeah. I actually have a, a, a Wagner College story, as luck would have it. No and way. Just very quickly, my girlfriend and I at the time, this goes back 25 years, and we got stuck in a really bad traffic jam in Brooklyn. Anyway, we finally, traffic gets moving, and I really had to go to the bathroom, and we finally get over to Staten Island. Mm-hmm. And the first exit we took, there's Wagner College. It was like a mirage. It was like an oasis. And I had to go to the women's room <laughs> because the men's room was under construction. But I will always be loyal to Wagner College because of the relief shall we say, that they provided. Two quick final deep thoughts. Uh, Notice how the Delaware Blue Hens stamped their ticket to the the, uh, uh, NCAA tournament. Okay, so that's one game I didn't. I did watch North Dakota State, South Dakota State last night, and Wagner Bryant and Gonzaga St. Mary's. I did not see the Blue Hens. Did they play last night? Okay, but the point I want to make, I really want to stress the Blue Hens. Isn't it interesting that a men's team would be named after the female uh, chicken? Well, what's the, what's the alternative, Chris? The rooster. Well, <laughs> I, 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 rooster, I was thinking of another word. 
but yeah, okay. I, I know what no, you mean. No, no, we, we're not going to go there. we got to keep this family friendly. But, but it is interesting how the blue hens, you have all these women's teams that are named like the Lady Knights or the, mm-hmm. lady, the, the lady Badgers or whatever. But here is a men's team named after the female chicken. Finally, <laughs> you've heard the expression, the bell cow running back. Yes. Well, isn't it interesting that you would have, again, cow would be the female bovine. Mm-hmm. So it isn't it interesting how we would think of Derrick Henry as a bell cow when really he would be the bell bull. And <laughs> I just thought of that one today. I'd never really thought of that before. But that expression, the bell cow, is actually kind of strange when you when you stop and think about it. But uh, anyway, just thought I would uh, hijack the show for a few minutes. But, uh, I, but I did, uh, as far as like Perry's uh, review of the concert, I know what that feels like, yeah. uh, you know. And, and and but I think again a good sports correlation would be that you would just catch a team when when they just were resting their star players and how disappointing that really would be especially if you were coming from a great distance it's maybe not so bad if you're from the town that they're playing in and like you said she's going to get opportunities to see more and more shows but yeah. you know you can see how that really would be disappointing if you're traveling from a great distance but i will shut up and i'll listen and i'll I'll go away (laughs) thank you thank you chris have a good night man what sometimes i just sit here and i i have my my note sheet with all of your names and where you're from and so i know when you call who it is and who i'm talking to i sometimes and i mean this in the nicest possible way i sometimes don't believe how some of you exist like eric earlier like what is eric is a real guy who does real, normal, everyday person things? And I get to hear from him every once in a while. Like, oh, Grant, you know, how are you? Yeah, Kirk Cousins in the box. It's like, I, I, I just get all these friends. And then I go home and I don't have anyone to talk to. Because all my, I live in La Crosse. I went to school here. But a lot of my friends from school have moved. They got jobs elsewhere. And I just, I got this great job where I'd been working during school. So you guys, are, I hope you guys know this. You are my friends. I, I don't get this much social time when I'm, when I'm at home. Or on the weekends. Chris, I appreciate the Staten Island story. Yeah, for those of you that have joined the show after 4.05, because I think that's the only time I I thought about it. Did anyone watch Wagner Bryant last night? It was the championship game in the NEC, which I believe is just the Northeast Conference. So Bryant was up by like 30. And this guy named Peter Kiss, just what a tool. Just every basket had some weird celebration or dance move. And it's one thing to do, like, the ice in the veins or do the three around your eye or, like, tap your forehead. But this dude was doing push-ups after layups. He was do—I don't know. He was raising the roof. This guy was uh, something about it. And then there was a brawl in the stands between the Wagner fans and the Bryant fans. And they had to stop the game for, like, 35 minutes. And I'm just sitting at home watching, like, oh, my God, I've never heard of either of these schools. I'll probably never think about them again. But I miss the malice at the palace. I'm too young to have seen that. And there's books coming out about it and movies. And I'm like, I wish I could appreciate this. And I don't think they're going to write books about the great Wagner Seahawks versus Bryant Bulldogs scuffle of March of 2022. But it's cool to say I was watching. It was really, really entertaining. Thank you, Chris, for the call. 608-796-2558. Zach and Eau Claire, you have sent a long text about Rogers. It's so long that I, I'm not going to read that on air because I will struggle to process and I'll trip over my words and it'll be confusing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a pin in this. I'm going to read it over the next break and we'll talk about it next. Elk Point Greg says, thank you for ignoring the text from Dave and Monona. If the Packers don't win a Super Bowl in the next three or four years. Is this contract extension a complete failure? Ooh, well, that's a good question. Everyone would probably give you a different answer, Greg. It just depends on your perspective as a fan. 
I think bringing back Aaron Rodgers is their best shot at a Super Bowl. I think for a lot of reasons that I bring up and we've talked about since January, I don't know that it's a great shot because I don't have a lot of confidence that Aaron Rodgers can get it done in some of these big games unless a lot of things go the Packers way, but it's still a better chance than they've had without him. And by the way, I'm Dave from Monona. We just need to make a statement here. I really like Dave. Dave has called the show for a while, not every day, but close to it. And below his jokes and his weird sports takes, Dave's a good guy. I really like Dave. Um, and he's a lot better person than he'd lead on. I sent him a text. And I'm like, look, Dave, I like your calls. They're funny. Let's let's trim some of the fat from your calls, okay? Now, if you want to rip on my generation for this or that, go to town. If you want to rip on me, go to town. But let's leave some of the sharper language out of it. Let's let's modernize Dave from Monona just a little bit. So I sent him a text. And if he calls today, maybe we can talk about that. But Dave, I just, I'm not saying I want to censor you because anyone who called, Chris just called in to talk about the Blue Hens and tell a story about Staten Island. If you call the show, I'm going to talk to you. And I'm not going to cut you off. I'm not going to hang up on you. But Dave, if we could just, just a little bit, some of the language you use, just some of the things. If we just tweak, modernize a little bit, go a long way. I would appreciate it. And I'm asking you kindly, Dave. And I text him about him as well. So it's funny that Greg brought him up. Daryl, 608-796-2558. Daryl's calling in. What's up, Daryl? Welcome. Well, again, we're talking more about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if we had baseball to talk about, we'd have something else to talk about. Yeah. Uh, as far as it goes, Jordan Love is going nowhere. He's got a rookie contract. Anybody knows that rookie contracts are more valuable chips as far as it goes to keep your salary cap in check. So Jordan is going nowhere. So unless unless somebody offers uh, the kitchen sink uh, and, and a whole new house to go with this new mansion that we're supposed to be putting together for Aaron Rodgers, um, he's going nowhere. The other thing we have to look at, too, is that uh, during Favre's era, yeah, they had a number of uh, backup quarterbacks that uh, wound up going elsewhere. Uh, this really hasn't happened under Aaron Rodgers. No. So there's got to be a reason for it, and there's got to be a reason for that. Um, has it been the, the coaching at the quarterback level? Um, could be, because uh, nobody's going out there and, and, and looking for a uh, Packer quarterback as a backup or even for a starter for their franchise. So the reality is, number one, there is no quarterback I would draft in this draft worthy of replacing Jordan Love. That's number one. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get that out of the way first. Okay. Second, any quarterback that would come in, even if they were a veteran quarterback, would cost the Packers more money, more money mm -hmm. than having Jordan Love. Yep. So Jordan Love is there to stay unless something really drastically happens. The other thing the Packers still have to worry about is this bit about their salary cap. There's still there's still stuff they have to get done, and I mean seriously done. And if they're still going to put in all their chips, and I think they put all their eggs in Aaron Rodgers' basket, for and two years ago he screwed that up um, on a misplay, uh, just the fact of the matter is we're putting everything on one man, really, <laughs> realistically speaking, one man. And... In, uh, comparing uh, different sports, the Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks couldn't do that. Yes, they had Chris Middleton off uh, one of the best trades ever in the NBA for the Bucks. Okay, uh, as far as it goes, but if you were to go one step further, they he needed other players around him that made his talents better. And uh, the truth of the matter is, the Bucks are doing good because they have a Giannis. They have the three play. They have three players that they needed in basketball that uh, helps them win a championship. 
They've got three solid players. This is why Brooklyn has trouble. This is why uh, other teams in the NBA will have trouble for a while yet. Um, I think that the, the best team, as far as it goes, is still the Bucks, regardless of what Miami can do. Mm-hmm. I think, and it, so as far as that goes, the Packers have put all their all their money into Aaron Rodgers, and I think that's the biggest mistake they made. They need to they need to know that they have a number of players uh, that they needed to to take care of. The the Rams were a perfect example. They went out traded for their quarterback. Mm-hmm. To win this Super Bowl, but they were able to. They still had maneuverability to get players to come in, okay, yeah. to help them win their championship, to win their Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. This is why the Packers will have problems for the next four years, and I'm worrying about this dead money issue that could be coming up, dealing with the Packers, and what Aaron Rodgers' contract does could harm this franchise for the next. Decade to decade and a half. Wow. Well, thank you, Daryl. What well, can I? Before I let you go, can I? Can I ask you? So the contract's bad, right? Like, what's the alternative, though? It might. It's not an easy answer, but but what would you rather the Packers have done with the quarterback position? You know what I mean? Okay, that sounds good. Fair, fair question. Sure. The fair question is: Is okay? Rogers still had another year left on his deal. Okay, still had another year left on the deal. And Aaron was, would I have extended the deal? I would have looked at, okay, would I extend the deal for two more years to move the cap money instead of four? That's what the question should have been. And number two, I would have looked at Jordan Love's situation much more closely and asked myself, is there a quarterback in the next three years worthy of drafting, developing quickly, and bringing in to, to, to supplant uh, Aaron Rodgers. This is the the real thing that you're saying, is, or as far as this goes, this whole question comes down to: Is Jordan Love the answer to Aaron Rodgers? And apparently, the answer truly is no. But apparently, they're going to let him stay to finish out his rookie contract, yeah. and basically, uh, they'll be looking for a new quarterback, backup quarterback, or starter in the next three years. All right, all right. So, actually, that's a very good answer, Daryl, and I appreciate the call. You give me a lot to think about here. The, the The issue is, yes, the Packers were spending too much on one position, and the Cowboys would probably say the same thing about Dak, and the Vikings would certainly say the same thing about Kirk Cousins. And then and it's not just um, mid-level quarterbacks. Like, I think Dak and Kirk Cousins are a tier below Rodgers, but the Chiefs have got a lot tied up in Mahomes. Mahomes is really good, but they have a lot tied up there. The Bills are going to have a lot tied up in, in Josh Allen. And all of these teams would honestly say, yeah, we, we don't want to pay our quarterback this much, but what's the alternative, right? Do you let Patrick Mahomes leave and look to draft another one, right? Do you just ask nicely and hope they'll take a deal that's smaller, right? In a perfect world, the quarterback wouldn't get paid this much. Their pay would be relative and, and more comparable to other positions on the field, but that's just not how it works. So are they paying Aaron Rodgers too much? Yeah, probably, but... What would you rather them do? Trade him or let him go? Okay, well, now you're looking for the next guy. We don't know how long that could take. And you could get lucky and find one in the draft right away, or you could be looking for a long time. And they're probably going to have to look for another one once Rodgers is done anyways. So why not play out the string with Rodgers? You have to find the next guy anyways, but you don't need to do it now. And, and you know, you said, I, I believe, Daryl, you said, well, I wish they would have done a two-year deal instead of a four. Yeah, well... Sometimes you got to give the deal that the market necessitates. Not the deal you want to give, but 
the deal that the market demands. And Rodgers probably wasn't willing to come back or probably would have said he's not willing to come back for two years instead of four. It's a pain in the butt, right? It doesn't all make good economic sense. If you were budgeting for your family or for your business, you would budget very differently than you budget for a football team. But professional sports aren't real life, so we, these are factors we have to consider. Let's take a break. Some text to get to, more tweets. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, Slow News Wednesday in 10 minutes. Very interesting interview that actually I really enjoyed sitting down and listening to earlier today. Nick Wright was on the Dan Patrick Show yesterday, and they were in the middle of the interview when the Aaron Rodgers news broke. It took about 15 minutes and sat down, ate my lunch when watching this interview today. I really was interested in the response of Nick Wright, because sometimes you get a talking head like Cowherd or Nick Wright or Stephen A. Smith or even me. You get breaking news, and then if you give me 10 hours to think about it, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to come up with this rant and I'm going to make analogies. And Cowherd's going to think of a relationship, right? It's sometimes nice with sports talkers for news to break right in their face and you just force them to react. And that was Nick Wright on Dan Patrick yesterday. And Dan Patrick's such a good interviewer. And I can say that because Dan's on all of these stations that you're listening to now. So we're going to play a couple of those clips for Slow News Wednesday. We'll react. I don't know if I agree with everything Nick is saying, um, but I really enjoyed listening to him make his case and and react to the news. So we're going to do that next. A couple minutes to hear from you. In the meantime, 608-796-2558. You can find me on Twitter. Tweet me at Wisco Grant. Are you going to text here from Zach in Eau Claire? And it's a long one. To summarize, he's basically asking like, hey, is Aaron Rodgers that dramatic? Is he that much of a terrible person, right? Do people around him, is he is he that bothersome, right? And basically the point that Zach sent in is like, everyone loves him except Greg Jennings or Michael Finley, right? I, look, I, I'm, I'm a little bit past talking about Rogers the person. I, we don't really need to do, and you mentioned the immunization thing. That's, you know, that's secondary. We're so far past that. With Aaron Rodgers, the only reason that I pay attention to his personality or just the way that he is, is because I, I think it impacts leadership and the quarterback is really the nucleus of a football team. And I think a quarterback can have an effect on the rest of the team, unlike any other position in any other sport in professional sports, right? Like Max Scherzer can throw an amazing game. That doesn't mean the offense is going to show up, doesn't mean the defense is going to show up. He can be great and really control a game, but, but I don't know if Max Scherzer is absorbed by the rest of the team. Or you could talk about LeBron. Like, LeBron could be great, and he can make great passes, but, you you know, can that impact everyone else? I I don't know. In football, and you see it, the way that Joe Burrow and the Bengals were down 21 points in Arrowhead and were able to come back and and win. I, I think that is... I think that is a representation of Joe Burrow's personality and the way that he is, the way that he's wired. And everybody, obviously, we're all unique. Different personality different style of communicating, different leadership style. And I think that is different in the way that impacts the team, right? Two years ago, I think this is in 2019, and then again into 2020, I compared Aaron Rodgers a lot to Russell Wilson, and I compared him a lot to Patrick Mahomes because Rodgers can make all the throws that Russell Wilson can make and then some. I think he's a much better quarterback. And I think at his peak over the course of his career, 
has been just as good, if not better, than Mahomes. And now he's a little bit older, so he's a little bit more limited. But I think he's he's on par at his best with Mahomes. I'm not going to say who's better or worse or who's going to have a better career. That, that's dumb. But very fair to compare Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes, right? I don't think that's, I don't think that's being unfair. Anytime the Seahawks were trailing down by 14 points, down by 21 points, even in a playoff game, Russell Wilson had a way of keeping everyone locked in, right? And, and I remember in that playoff game, watching them on the sideline, listening to Pete Carroll after the game, listening to Russell Wilson, everybody believed they were going to win that game. Even down 14, even trailing at Lambeau in the divisional round, everyone on that sideline, everyone on the Seahawks believed they were going to win that game. And I think that comes from Russell Wilson. The Chiefs were trailing in the Super Bowl. They're now 24 to the Texans. They were down to the Titans in their Super Bowl run. And yet they came around. They came back. No one ever quit. Everyone thought they were going to win all of those games. What about the Packers? Because in that NFC Championship game against the Falcons, they fell down early and everybody kind of threw the towel in, right? Or against the Niners? The Niners were a much better team, but they weren't that much better. I mean, God, the Packers got pushed up and down the field. They got kicked around. They got stomped. They got embarrassed. And I get Mike Patton's defense couldn't stop the run. But at some point, especially as a highly paid quarterback, Mahomes, Wilson, Rodgers, at some point, you're going to be able to overcome that. Or you got to be able to at least lead your team to, to be respectable, right? And to stay engaged and to stay locked in. And I, I don't know if Rodgers' personality and the way that he's wired lends itself to that. So when, when I say something like that, that doesn't mean I'm criticizing Rodgers the person and saying he sucks and saying he's awful. But personality matters and leadership style matters. And, and sometimes it's narcissism. Sometimes he just gets a little disconnected or sometimes a little passive aggressive. And, and that's fine. I can be narcissistic. I'm hosting a radio show for God's sake. I can be passive aggressive. I can get frustrated. But when you are scrutinized like a quarterback, those are things we need to talk about. Right? Right? I don't think that's unfair. And I think the, the Texas act that you sent in is a really good one and poses some really good questions. Thank you. Let's go to the phones. Um, let's talk to Dave for a minute. Dave, this is probably gonna be a shorter call because I gotta take a break. Um, did you hear what I was talking about earlier? And I know I was texting with you. Can we can we get a little bit of a rebranding of you? Just a little bit, just a bit. Uh, I won't use the word fairy or metrosexual. That, that's what I'm saying. So, you make fun of so me. We'll, we'll make fun of words. kids these days. Do, do all that. That's your stick. I, I like that. Okay. I enjoy that. We need that on the show. But just maybe Sorry. modernize a Don't. little bit. Those two words are out. Now, for Mike and Madison, you got three seconds to turn the show off now. <laughs> three, two, one. Okay, now you can turn on, you know, um, the White Housewives of Bel Air. Now, he, now he's not listening anymore. <laughs> Greg, you answer the question for Aaron Rodgers went? No. The last three years proven that you got a guy who chokes in the playoffs, Adams can't get open, and Matt LaFlunk has proven he changes his game plan to come playoffs versus all regular seasons. Like the one, like the Valley Girl said. You know, see, that's that's what I'm talking about. Perry is Perry makes way more money than I do. Perry is really accomplished. Don't don't call her that. Oh, really, girl? That's kind of a compliment for her. But anyway, and then, <laughs> uh, as far as um, you, you, what was the last guy he emailed you about well, why people uh, Rogers? I'm gonna tell you why people don't like Rogers. The guy, the way he treats his mother and father and his grandfather. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers off the field. On the field is one of the greatest players. Off the field is a piece of crap human being. He treats his mother and father like crap. Yeah, his brother, well, I can understand that. And didn't even go to his grandfather's grandfather's funeral. Had something to do with his first girlfriend. I'm sure it did. But you know something? Life is short. And when you're treating your parents like that, you're treating your, you're treating your grandfather, your greatest hero, and didn't even go to his funeral. And then you got the nerve to look at the camera and lie to every, every, every American. And you wonder why 
people can't stand you off the field. I know people want them to win and win, but no, personality means everything off the field. So, yeah. But the wait, wait, one last thing is if, you, if, you, if you're saying nobody's talking to you, go out and buy yourself a parrot, and we'll teach you to say, Dave from Monona. What? Dave from Monona. What are you talking about? He said you get up the show and you got nobody to talk to, so we'll all buy oh, you a parrot. Oh, buy me a parrot. I, I got what you mean. Yeah, now the parrot will talk to you and go, well, I can, t- I can talk to you every day. That's that can that can be my social time. Is our little think conversation that, think of that every day? You you love Dave. You love Dave. <laughs> I don't know where it would Dave, hear that. Right. No one no one's saying that. It's not learning to say I love Dave. No one says I love Dave. Right, well, we'll teach the parrot how to say that. Dave is right. Dave is right. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. I, I don't. By the way, you may be a little dramatic. Like is, Rogers is a little weird. I don't know. I, I think it's odd. Okay, well, he hung up. Okay, well, I was going to continue talking about it. It was a little dramatic. Do we know that that stuff with his family is true? Like, I don't know. I, I'm as critical of Aaron Rodgers as anyone. Dave, you listen to The Zone every day. You live in Monona, so you listen to Madison. That's all they do is, is make fun of me as the guy who hates Aaron Rodgers, and I get triggered by things. So, like, D- Dave's coming out stronger than I am. I, I, I'm not going to criticize Aaron Rodgers for things that we don't know and we're not sure of. I just, I, I don't know. I think personality matters. And this was all, by the way, brought up by a text from Zach in Eau Claire. I was responding to a text. I, it was not my intention to lead a charge on a personal deep dive of Aaron Rodgers today, but since we went there, trying to rebrand Dave a little bit. We need a heel on this show. We need a caller that people don't like. And the problem is Dave embraces that, so he tries to be as unlikable as possible. You're plenty unlikable. You don't need to try any harder. Let's clean it up just a little bit, Dave. Let's take a break. Slow News Wednesday. We're going to hear from Nick Wright. I thought he made some really interesting points yesterday. I'm excited to get into that. Coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, my name is Grant Bills. Happy you're here. Some good Packers conversation today. I don't really need to get in the weeds too much today on Rogers' personality. I do think his personality, which, by the way, has been made clear through all these different random, weird, dramatic stories that we've had. I don't need to dig into it. I think it impacts play on the field. Some people say, well, who cares what kind of person he is? It doesn't matter for football. I mean, it kind of does, though. When you're a quarterback, yeah, I think it absolutely matters. Oh, but that's not something I really want to focus on today. Obviously, he announced yesterday that he's back, and that's news that I really want to get into. 608-796-2558. Send me a text. If there's anything you'd like to discuss, you can tweet me at Wisco Grant as well. Here's a text from Trevor in Lacrosse. Says, hey, Grant, love the show. Well, thank you. A uh, lot of Rogers talk about this $200 million year for four years. He debunked that yesterday. A lot of people believe that that's the deal, uh, and it's not. It's not going to be a cap-friendly deal that will allow them to bring back free agents and run it back. Um, it will also, oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, it also will allow them to possibly get a guy like Gronk or Allen Robinson. Why would he sign a deal that doesn't allow them to bring key guys back and would make them worse? They'll have a team for the next two or three years. They'll have a good chance to win the Super Bowl. If they don't pick a number two wide receiver in free agency, I'm hoping they get a solid number two in the first round of the draft. Also, this guy ripping on Rodgers is ridiculous. Yeah, that's Dave. Glad you got to meet Dave. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for the text, Trevor. Um, This is the thing. It was reported as a cap-friendly 
deal, man, if you're making that much money per year, I don't, I don't care how it's structured. At some point, it's going to prevent the Packers from doing business. Um, I thought he should take a pay cut. I wanted Rodgers to want to take a pay cut after how this last season ended, right? I wanted Rodgers to come to the Packers and say, hey, look, it's been a heck of a year, right? <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, I like it here. feel like we came up short of our goals this year. Kind of fell flat in the playoffs. And that's, you know, some of that's my fault. Special teams need to be better. I feel like we can get better here, here, and, and whatever. Um, I want to come back. And that's my intention all along. Uh, and, and I want to move some money around to, to help you guys out. Right? I want to take a little bit of a pay cut. I want to give up a little bit of money so we can keep this guy. I want MVS. He's a good receiver. We have a good thing going. I wanted Rodgers to lead the charge, right? Like, it's the classic sitcom dynamic between the husband and wife, you know, where the wife's like, I want you to help out around the house. And the husband's like, fine, tell me what you want to do. And she's like, I don't want to have to ask. I want you to just know and do it, right? Like, I I want Aaron Rodgers to just want to take a pay cut. And instead, he has this new huge deal. And you can tell me it's cap friendly. And maybe it is in a way, but with that much money, it's just, it can only be so cap friendly. Taking a pay cut, that's a lot more friendly to the cap. So yesterday, Nick Wright goes on the Dan Patrick show, and while they're talking about Calvin Ridley, we get news on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and I want to play you a couple of these clips. We'll talk about it. We'll discuss it. Uh, Nick Wright and Dan Patrick, today's stars of Slow News Wednesday. <laughs> This is Slow News Wednesday on the Wisco Sports Show. Thank you, Zach. Slow News Wednesday. It's a pretty solid segment. Yeah, it's no NBA lounge, but what is? We look at a piece of media. We look at an article, a podcast, an interview, a video, whatever. We look at something from somewhere or someone else, and we break it down. Try to learn from it. Talk about what it means. Talk about if we agree or disagree. I like Dan Patrick. Is he my favorite? No, I've described Dan Patrick as the friends of Sports Talk Radio. And you might think the show Friends is really good. You might think it's really bad. I'm not talking about the quality of the show. I'm talking about its effect. When I turn on Friends, I know it's not going to shock me. It's not going to make me feel sad. It's not really going to make me feel anything. It's kind of just background noise, right? So if I'm hungover or I'm homesick or I'm feeling stressed out, Friends is a great show to throw on. Because I know it's not going to elicit some huge and really uncomfortable reaction for me, right? Like, I, I always, when I would uh, go out in college on Thursday nights, because you'd go out on Thursday, Thursday, you'd go get a wristbands, which were uh, a tragic casualty of the pandy, by the way. RIP to wristbands, all you could drink for $6, probably for the best. <laughs> for the health of the people drinking and for the bottom line of the bar. Oh, that's neither here nor there. I'd go out on Thursday, get a wristband, and then, you know, you'd, be a little banged up the next morning. So maybe you go to the McDonald's drive-thru. And I can remember multiple occasions just feeling a little not so hot and driving to the drive-thru and just wanting to have Dan Patrick on quiet. Because I know Dan Patrick's not going to say something ridiculous. He's not going to have some insane hot take that, that gets me riled up. He's just going to talk common sense. Break it down factually in a way that's not supposed to be pr- provocative. It's not supposed to solicit anything. And I like that. And it was that setting yesterday in which Nick Wright comes on, Fox Sports 1. I really like Nick Wright most of the time. Same way I like Colin Cowherd most of the time. 
Uh, and the news broke live. So this is Nick Wright reacting to the news on the Dan Patrick Show yesterday. Paulie, give us the information here. Aaron Rodgers is? According to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, the Packers and MVP Aaron Rodgers have agreed in terms on a four-year, $200 million deal that makes him the highest-paid player in NFL history, sources say. Wow. He gets a whopping $153 million guaranteed, and his cap number actually goes down. Four years, $200 million. Wow. Such a joke. The whole thing. Why is it I a mean, joke? I get, because it was. It, it really was always it, the whole thing was about money. This whole dance, and I'm going to go host Jeopardy, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, I'm on a self-actualization, and the pen, and they they got rid of Kumaru, and they don't respect me. That and I, you know, and I miss Alan Lazard over the middle, so I lose to Jimmy Garoppolo at home, scoring seven points. The whole thing was so he can be he, he can make fifty million. That's the whole thing. We've gone through all this nonsense. Oh, I want to live in Denver. I want to go to the Titans. It's so all so we can make $50 million? Give me a break. Okay. So at this moment in time, we, we thought that that contract was true. We thought that was locked in. And I guess Aaron Rodgers refuted it. But here's, here's the thing. And this is why Rodgers can wear you out sometimes. Is when you ask if he's vaccinated, he says, yes, I'm immunized. I never said I was vaccinated. I said I was immunized. So... If we say four years, $200 million, $50 million a year, Roger said, well, that's not true. Okay, well, is it 49 a year? Is it $48 million a year? Like, come on. Come on. So when Rogers says that that contract isn't, isn't accurate, okay, but is it like pretty darn close to accurate, Aaron? Because we should be able to have a discussion about your contract if it's $50 million a year. Even if it's 49, it's the same thing. Okay, so do you know what I mean? I guess Aaron Rodgers comes out through Pat McAfee, says this contract isn't true. I haven't signed any contract yet. So I'm going to give Rodgers the benefit of the doubt. Nick's crushing him saying it's all about the money. Um, let's operate under the assumption that th- that contract is pretty darn close to what it is. Right? $49 million, $50 million, whatever. Do we think this whole charade was just about getting more money? Be a pretty dramatic charade. But then again, Rodgers loves drama. No skin off his back, right? Do we think... Do we think it was all about the money? Do you think this whole thing, this entire time, was squeezing every drop of money out of Green Bay? <sighs> I could see it, but I feel like there's an easier way to get a payday. <laughs> right? I feel like you could do less work to get that much money or even more money. Right? But Rogers loves trolling the media, loves being in the news. And I am sorry, left to draw no other conclusion. Sure, Rodgers has never explicitly said, I love the attention, but Jesus, like, he must, right? If he hated it that bad, he would stop doing things that are attention-worthy. He would stop leaking things. He would stop being in the news for every other little thing, right? So I want to give Aaron Rodgers the benefit of the doubt that this wasn't about money all the time, and he was actually considering retirement for whatever reason. I don't know. But again, this was... Fresh reaction just as we read the news when we believe that contract to be accurate. So that was Nick's right reaction. He continues. This is what I don't understand. And I'm and I'm all for athletes making a ton of money. I don't think athletes are overpaid. But I do think in a hard cap sport that this is you have to do this math. I would have thought that if a genie went to Aaron Rodgers 18 months ago and said, will you will you take 10 million dollars out of your bank account and I will change the result of that Seattle NFC Championship game where you guys botched the onside kick. You go to that Super Bowl, you beat Tom Brady, you have two rings. 
10 million for that? I think he would have said yes. He's now telling me no. In fact, I will make it harder to win the next one because the team's going to be worse. And, and then when they're not as good and he's not as good in the playoffs as he is in the regular season, again, it, what we're going to hear is, ah, I don't have enough talent around me. I need more help. I, but you 50 million? 50 million. Okay. So now we're looking into the future and we're assuming things that aren't true. Like, well, when they lose again, he will say this. Well, they've lost lots of different ways. So let's, let's not try to predict <laughs> who they might lose to or why they might lose because this team continues to surprise us. So predicting future playoff losses might be an exercise in futility. I, this is something that came up with Perry in the first hour of the show. And I think this is a worthwhile question. If you could ask Aaron Rodgers, hey, give up one MVP and I will I will give you another trip to the Super Bowl. I won't guarantee that you'll win it, but I'll, I'll guarantee that you'll get there. I don't know that he would take that deal. I don't think he would. I think Aaron Rodgers really values his MVPs, and he should. They're great awards, but to the degree that he values them, maybe a little much. I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is obsessed with winning championships the way that Tom Brady is, the way that Michael Jordan was, or the Tiger was. The all-time greats who, after they lose, they go home and they're they're mad. Like, it sticks with them. I think Aaron Rodgers was upset the night of that loss to San Francisco, and he was probably bummed out for a day or two. But a week later, two weeks later, does it eat at him? Mm. I, I would kind of guess no, honestly. I think he moves on pretty quickly. And he said, well, I want an MVP. Got a, got this great new contract, right? And we back in Green Bay. I got my boy Devontae Adams, the franchise tag. We modernized the way the, the front office communicates. This is, this is a great year for me. Tom Brady would never feel that way, ever. And that's fine. Not everyone's Tom Brady. But maybe there's a reason that Rodgers and the Packers keep coming up short. This is the last thing that Dan Patrick said, and I think this is good context this is good information here we're in the rooting business we root for change we root for stories that we can talk about and i think the media rooted for stories they rooted for tennessee oh my god pittsburgh did you hear mike tomlin what he said about roger denver it, it felt like that whereas staying in green bay that doesn't you know that doesn't change much it's like okay aaron Rodgers stays there Yes, correct. And I think the Tomlin thing would have been super interesting. And I think seeing him in the same division as Mahomes and Herbert would have been super interesting. I agree with that. We root for interesting and to be right. Yeah. Like, that's what we're, we root for. Yeah. This wasn't a media creation. And this is another thing that can be really exhausting with Rodgers, is something will leak and a story will come from somewhere and Rodgers won't address it for weeks. And then when he finally does come out and say something, well, the media made that up. Uh, no. No. No, it didn't. I know everyone thinks journalism is falling apart in this country, and in some ways we could be better. But they don't, they don't just make up month-long stories. They don't just fabricate things about Aaron Rodgers just to, just to talk, 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 talk all the time. We're tired of talking about it. The media is tired of reporting on Aaron Rodgers. It's not a media creation. Although I, I do think, maybe in our minds, subconsciously, Day after day after day, we started to think, well, what if he did go to Pittsburgh? Well, what would it look like if he was in Denver? And maybe that contributes to the discourse. And I think that's a really good point that Dan Patrick made. Let's take a break. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
That's right. LaFleur did an awful job. 100%. I'm talking about last year. Are you are making it. Whoops, I'm a fool. I'm just, you are making it. Wait, wait, wait. Let me help you. I'm in. No, I get on the chair. You, you're you're okay? driving me crazy here that Rogers, he, he doesn't deserve any blame. What's the matter with that chair? Give me that pad. Oh, my God. Uh, you're, you're telling me, you're telling me that Rogers does not deserve any blame? That's ridiculous. I didn't say he doesn't deserve any blame. He was terrible. I didn't say that. And you blamed it on LaFleur five seconds ago. I didn't know one ever put Chris Russo across from Stephen A. Smith before. How do we drop the ball as a society that that bad? I, you know, I, I didn't listen to Mike and the Mad Dog because I wasn't alive in the late 80s and the early 90s. Chris Russo's always just kind of kind of annoyed me a little. He's always yelling. Like Sometimes you got to yell, but it's, it's all the time with him. And then I realized, oh, but if you put him across from Stephen A. Smith, oh, okay, well, then that's... That's electricity. That's, I mean, that's that's unbeatable. So Chris Russo and Stephen A. Smith this morning. Lombardi would be turning in his grave. Okay. It's like that Always Sunny episode where they're like, Boz, not Boz Skaggs. What's that? Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs would be turning in his grave. Charlie, Wade Boggs is very much still alive. <laughs> Lombardi turning in his grave at that loss. And he should be. It was a bad loss. I got some texts coming in here, 608-796-2558. You guys are crushing Rodgers. Like, I, I try to stay somewhere in the middle. You know, be critical here, but give him credit here. Because then I become the guy who's a Rodgers hater. And then I alienate half of the audience. You guys are... Aaron says all about himself. He's selfish. The term selfish jerk has been thrown in here. Dan from Broadhead. Dan, this is, this is brutal, buddy. Says uh, Rogers is a bigger diva than any wideout he's uh, has ever been. He's shown over and over that he's selfish and only cares about how much attention he gets and cares about uh, himself and nothing about his teammates. It's almost disgusting. That is a disgusting act. I just, you guys are more upset than I am. I was really upset after the playoff loss. I feel like I've evened out a little bit. You guys are mad, Mike. Mad Mike says, "Great, you're grinding too hard over this. Stick with your gut." What do you just want me to come on here and yell about Rogers? Mike in Eau Claire says, Rogers is just a football player. Let's not throw rocks in a glass house about personal character. I don't root for him in his personal life. I love him as a QB. Yeah, I love him as a QB too until he sucks in the playoffs. That game against San Francisco was disgusting. That is a disgusting act. I love that soundbite so much. And I'm sorry we had that on our airwaves. Really quickly before we wrap up the show, by the way, Andy Herman tomorrow, NBA Lounge will be here. Baseball's bad. This is in a bad spot, uh, as we've learned over the last 20 minutes. Yesterday and today, I saw people on the timeline saying, we might, hold on, we might get something, we might be there. Now, I was about to feel real stupid, because I've said multiple times, I feel like 4th of July is maybe when they're going to start. I'm not optimistic about this at all, and I hope I'm wrong. But I I feel like 4th of July-ish. We have some reports here. Per a union source, there are no plans for continued discussions tomorrow. Union says Major League Baseball did an about-face and wouldn't respond to their counteroffer unless they agreed to a proposal with the international draft. This is just, I mean, this is just insane. This is bad. To the point where they're not even responding to each other anymore. They're a bunch of children. April 14th. Games are canceled through April 14th. And some of these headlines are just so, just so stupid. 
like the ghost wins thing. I had to see a headline last night that Major League Baseball is against ghosts. We're not pro ghosts. Okay, this is so stupid. We never should have got to this point. And then today I see headlines saying like, well, there's a deadline tonight, but they could always just move the deadline. This is so stupid. This is so dumb. We got rid of the Rogers story, which was the stupidest story going, only to sit here and watch baseball. It, look, look, it'd be one thing if they were fighting about things that actually made sense or if they were they were actually working through a new CBA in a normal way. But these are just a bunch of children. The owners don't want to play baseball. They just don't. So sell the team. Sell the team. Sell the team to someone who really loves baseball and actually wants to put a winning product on the field. And you can go invest in the stock market. Because you have all the money in the world. You can just sit back and get rich. Sit back and get rich. Screw baseball. If you don't, if you don't like baseball, you don't want to play baseball games to sell the team. Because really, the people who are suffering here, the people who work in baseball, they're getting killed right now. They don't deserve this. And it's the fans. And I don't mean to make this all about me, but <laughs> hello. It's my radio show. Why do you think I host a radio show? I'm a narcissist. I'm self-centered. And I'm a baseball fan. I want baseball on my TV. So figure it out. All right, now I'm going to stop paying attention. We'll talk Packers tomorrow. NBA Lounge as well. It should be a blast. No baseball. Can't wait.